Hey guys. Hi everyone. It's me, Kay. And I'm Craig. And uh, once again, we join you from the Zoom recording studio because we do not live in the same area because God wants to keep us apart because we'd be too strong together. It would be. Um, God, whomever she is, <laughs> saw the power of season one and knew it was only going to go uphill from there. So she had to separate us. It's like, you know, when you're in a classroom and your best friend's in the same class as you, mm. so you're talking and this teacher has to separate you two because mm-hmm. they, they know. They, they're like, this class will not run with you two together. That's us. This mm. is God's classroom and she is separating us. Wow. That's a good way to put it. That's like a yeah. title of F, honestly, that line there. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Um, so the last time we recorded, it was like almost a month ago because we don't have to get into it. Um, I took a while to edit the first episode. So it ended up coming out like two weeks ago. And that's fine. We've both been just super busy too. Yeah. I'm fully planning on doing every other week uploads. I don't know how we were doing weekly uploads last, like last season. I don't know what was going on but i was so much more efficient i don't know what um substances maybe i you know honestly i think i was more hydrated because it's not as hot up here yeah Yeah, i don't know because like i was just on top of stuff here i'm i'm just like a mess of a man in a shell i'm trying my best it's because you don't have your virgo to keep you in line I don't, you know, I am a Virgo rising though. That's so true, but what's I'm Dave? I'm a bit grounded. He's an Aquarius. Okay, well, there you go. They're just kind of whatever. I mean, I know he yeah. is like a hard worker, but he ain't gonna keep you in check with this stuff. Come on. I know. I, you know, I need my earth signs back around me to keep me, mm-hmm. keep me focused. Mm-hmm. Um, so... And just to relate to last the last episode, I watched Dear Evan Hansen. Um, if you want to read my thoughts, I will link my review in this upload. Uh, I don't have many good things to say, except that it wasn't as bad as Cats. You're so um, brave. I, I really am. I, I was writing notes on my phone while I watched it. And I was also like texting people. Um, I had like five full pages of notes on my phone. It's a long movie, right? It's over two hours and it doesn't have to be. It's not, that's not necessary. There's so many just like awkward silences and for like a musical that's, that's illegal. It just uh, drags. It really does. It's a, it's a slog. I like when things are Mm. a romp, not a slog. Um, Yeah. Yeah. What will what will I say? I like that Caitlin Dever can't really sing very well. Like she can hold a tune, but is she a good singer? No. And I love that. It's mm-hmm. like realism. Hello, babe. Um, except that she's supposed to be like a singer, guitar player, but whatever. Um, he looks so old in it. Like what you've seen from pictures doesn't even do it justice. No, he looks like a grown man. And like, Ugh. oh, what is that? What's that ambient it's, noise? 
<laughs> it's the train. There's a train? Oh, there's a no, train there's yard a train. behind my there's a train yard behind my apartment. Oh. I thought that so was we ambulance, may... honestly. Oh yeah, no. Nah. So we, we will be getting city noises and little cameos here and there That's from transportation. Nice, it like gives yeah. you like a 360, like, ooh, I hear a train. I hear a drunk man. It's like realism, babes. Um, it's all about realism. It really is all about realism these days. We were saying last season, it's about escapism. This season's all about but realism, we, babe. Forget escapism. <laughs> we are past that. We've escaped. It wasn't that great. <laughs> we're coming back into reality. Um, what? Yeah. You forget like that he looks so old and then there's like a moment like at like almost into the third act where like it's you snap back into that reality again you're like oh he truly looks so goddamn old and like none of the other actors who are playing teenagers really look that old like they all kind of look like teenagers so it just makes it even worse that he yeah looks like that um in recent news yesterday, Instagram and Facebook were down for like six or seven hours, which I thought was funny. Um, yeah, the world went berserk. I mean, for me, it's just like, I mostly use Twitter anyway. Yeah, we were fine, we're Twitter hoes. Like, so I was we were not on there. I just couldn't diversify my annoyingness. Sorry, folks, sorry. It, ha- it, it happens, yeah. listen. It's survival of the fittest out there, and those are just small examples of natural selection coming into play, because eventually those people are going to die off without their Facebook and their Instagram, but us Twitter bitches, we will take we our, stay strong. our apps, our hashtags, the grave. We will. Um, yes, yeah, so that was funny. Uh, also... Mid- oh. I was oh, going to say oh. that a new, a new Mitski song came out today. So yes, very my depression true. is back in full swing. It's called Working for the Knife. And in true Mitski fashion, it's like under three minutes and is heartbreaking and too relatable for me, Queen. Um, her her tickets for her new tour go on sale, I think, on pre-sale tomorrow. So I will be snagging. You know I will. As you should live your best life. Thank you. And apparently, there's to... gonna be new Adele. So, yes, I was gonna bring that up. The new Adele. Um, my coworkers were kind of like freaking out about it, and I just sat there like. See, I feel like every single about... time Adele announces that there's gonna be new stuff, I'm just like, Ugh, whatever. And then it actually releases, and I'm like, no, this fucks. So <laughs> See, the way that you're reacting now. Prepare to do like a 180 in like a week. Yeah, I, I have nothing against her. I'm just not a big fan, personally. I'm and not it's like not a like, stan, but like yes. everything and she's like, written, I really like, so. I think we need to separate the idea. I think people like take it too personally when I'm like, oh, I'm not a fan. They're like, what, you, you don't think she's talented? I'm like, nope, I didn't say that. I'm just saying I'm not a fan. Yeah, no, uh, I, there's a lot of talented people who I'm not just, I'm just not a Yeah, I, I think she's very song. talented songwriter. I think she's a very talented singer. It's just not for me, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. It, this isn't for you. Yeah. And exactly. it doesn't have to be. 
it, it is fine. Um, in terms of spooky news, oh. uh, the new Scream movie that's coming out in January, mm-hmm. the Twitter account posted seven blood droplets. They tweeted about it today, mm-hmm. and people are speculating that in seven days we'll finally get a trailer for the film. Probably. So, very excited about that. Mm-hmm. And also in, in terms of Scream news, um, Airbnb tweeted that the the house oh, where yeah. the first film was um, filmed, they're putting it up on Airbnb for a really short time. Yeah. That, that house is in California. So It's like an Airbnb experience thing because like yes. they have stuff set up in the house, I think, like from the yes. movie, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. I think that's so cool. That's so and cool. over the gateway. I, you want to know something? It's a really, what? I haven't seen Scream. It's on my watch list. I know. There are so many classic horror films that I haven't seen because I wasn't a horror fan until like the past year and a half. No, and I get that. I respect that. And honestly, so, so many people... I don't even know where to start the sentence. You either hate it or you love it, I think. And I remember I was actually talking to someone recently within the past couple days and like, I hate those movies. I'm like, you just don't get it then. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, yeah. It's so yas and slut, you know? (laughs) It really, no, but like it is. It so is. And people are like, whenever people say they don't like the movie, like it isn't scary. I'm like, like, yeah, of course it's not. Wasn't it supposed to be like subverting the tropes of like the the teenage slasher film? Okay. Yeah. And like, if anything, there's just so much. It's like the what we do in the shadows of slasher films, correct? Yes. Yes. Hell yeah. Precisely. I love connections. No, um, and like so many people just don't get that. I'm just mm. like, use your, use your brain. Use it. I I did watch The Conjuring for the first time the other day. Ooh, how was that? I really liked it. I'm looking forward the, to The Conjuring Cinematic more. Universe. I'm, I'm looking CCU. forward to sinking my teeth into The Conjuring Cinematic Universe. Um... I'm trying to figure out which horror films I should watch in the rest of October. Cause I want to watch at least oh. like 10. Um, I, can I know people you... do 31 or something for like every day. I'm like, no, no, no. I can Can't give do you my list. So Dave and I um, made up a list of movies we love and movies we haven't seen mm-hmm. in terms of horror. And we wrote it down on paper and we like highlight it every, every time we watch one of them. That's small. Um, we've only, We've only watched a few. We have a lot on there. We have like over 40 something. Yeah, that's We're a, a little ambitious. Um, but he just actually showed me one um, the other day. It's one of his favorites and I've never seen it. It's called House of the Devil. Okay. I don't know if I've ever heard of that one. It's an indie film. It came out in 2009. Um, that's why I never heard of it because like obviously when it was 2009 I didn't know what indie film was let alone I didn't know what anything was I didn't know what a film was I'm just kidding I was I, fully I alive really, um Ty West directed it and actually Greta Gerwig is in it oh shit I know yeah that. <laughs> so I went in with zero expectations as should you if you decide to watch mm-hmm. and it's fantastic Okay. I know what's definitely cool my list it's, is like it's um the, dead. Mm, no, you're not allowed to yeah. finish. I gotta I gotta say this while it's still in my mind or I'm gonna forget what the <laughs> fuck I'm saying. <laughs> Evil Dead. 
Silence of the Lambs, The Thing, uh, Friday the 13th, and probably mm-hmm. Halloween because I haven't seen those. And I feel like, again, like those are classic slasher films. The only one that I've really seen that's like a classic slasher would probably be like um, Nightmare on Elm Street, which mm, we've spoken yeah. about a few times. We you have. Camp? <laughs> Wait, did you just say camp? What is camp? What is it? No, this isn't for you. This is just. <laughs> this is us. This is our language. Um, Ew. Yeah, so. You are tired of that word. <laughs> it's, it's so good. Um, House of the Devil mm-hmm. is, takes place in the 80s, and it's really mm-hmm. cool because the filming style looks like it came from then. It's an indie so, movie, so they can say that, like, oh, yeah, that was a choice, when it's just like, now they had cheap shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, but it's very intentional. It's very good. I'm going to leave it off as that. Leave it off at that, not as that. Okay. I I will take your suggestions into... Because Dave also liked it. Because sometimes you recommend me films, and I sent you a million things about this, where it's like literally the worst, stupidest movie. And you're like, this is the greatest film ever made. It's and true. I'm like, this <laughs> is so dumb. Yet at the same time, I enjoyed Malignant. And you were like... This is awful. Oh, that movie was so god awful. The ending was dumb, but I enjoyed it. No, like the whole film, it was one of the worst things I've ever seen. Like the acting was atrocious, but I was like, oh, I want to see how this plays out. <laughs> but, you know, this is a great, not even a great segue because it's going to come up later in the episode. I am going to talk about one of the worst movies ever made. I'm excited. So that will be fun. Okay. So the topic at hand. So you know the, the age-old um, saying slash conversation slash debate. You know is slash die trend hard, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? I mean, we're gonna have our conclusions about this kind of argument at the end. But basically, what this episode is is us coming up with our own versions of that, where it's like this movie that isn't necessarily meant to be or marketed as a movie relating to a specific holiday or anything like that, how is it a specific holidays movie, such as Die Hard being a Christmas movie because it just takes place at the same time as Christmas. It's It has the yes. backdrop of Christmas, but the plot has like nothing to do with that holiday. Um, I think this is going to be really fun. I did quite a few, but I'm not going to get too deep into all of them because some of them are more like jokes. Um mm. But uh, Craig, I know, wants to get into his a little bit more. So I will. They only have, I have five, as they do with each episode. So that's fair. So I'll do two for each one of yours. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So I'll kick it off. Oh, yeah. I just kicked under my desk. You can't see it because this is not a visual medium. But so my first one is that the Lorax is an Arbor Day movie. I mean, <laughs> I think this is obvious. The Lorax That's, centers around kind of an environmental... It's not a reach. It's not a reach whatsoever, but mm-hmm. I guess Arbor Day is not a holiday that we really celebrate that much in America. We should, because trees are important. Um, and so the whole thing with the Lorax is that all these trees are being cut down for capitalism, Boo, by the way. Can we Ooh, get I talk boo about in capitalism? 
Boo. I talk about capitalism a lot. <laughs> I talk about capitalism a lot for these films, so I'm excited. Well, I feel like a lot of holidays are centered around capitalism because it's just meant to they sell are. stuff. Mm-hmm. We're not saying anything groundbreaking here, but you know, we all know this. Um, yeah, and the Lorax speaks for the trees. So Arbor Day. Duh. And that's all I'm gonna say. Um no, I will say an Good additional one. thing. The one slur, if you guys don't know, from the Lorax has a fandom. Don't look into it. I might do a whole episode on that. There are a lot of good videos on it on YouTube, though, if you are interested by me just saying that. Fandom is putting it lightly. <laughs> it's weird. Um, the second one is one I might have heard from other people, but I also think it's true. Um and that is when Harry Met Sally is a New Year's Eve movie slash New Year's movie. Mm. I mean, there's a few holidays I think that are celebrated within the movie, but it ends spoiler at a New Year's Eve party, and like that's the emotional climax slash resolution right there, baby. And it's it's wonderful and it has this this little New Year's kind of vibe to it, and it's. It's just a good cozy movie to watch if you're mm. either alone or with friends on New Year's. Yes. Those are my first two. So my first one I'm talking about The Lodge is a Christmas movie. I've never seen The Lodge, so please explain. Um, have you heard of The Lodge? I've heard of it, yeah. Okay, yeah, so for those at home who might not know, it is a horror film that's from 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riley Keough is in it. Love Isn't her. She's, she's the Scientologist. Yes. <laughs> you said that with and, such resignation. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, actually, speaking of, I, I kid you not, I just passed it the other day. I don't know how I went this long without knowing this. I think actually Gabe brought it up to me a while back, and it just it was in the back of my mind. There's a Scientology church not too far from me. I think you mentioned this to me on FaceTime the other day. Did I? You might have, because this sounds vaguely, unless someone else was talking to me about passing yeah, the Church of Scientology. It's literally like five minute drive away from me. I saw it the other day because I never go this way on 8th Avenue coming home. And then I saw it, I was like, it was just like mind boggling. Any whoops. Um, Riley Keough is in it, our Scientologist queen, granddaughter of Elvis Presley. I'm like, where, where do I start with the film? Um, literally this, this movie is cults and Christmas. <laughs> so, okay. which is really, I, I don't know if ironic's the right word that she plays this role. I feel like Scientologists are always playing very ironic roles. Yes, okay. Like Elizabeth Moss in Handmaid's Tale. (laughs) Don't even get me started on that. That is, I could dedicate a whole episode to that. You really could. Just going through her filmography would be very funny. So the synopsis on Letterboxd for The Lodge is a soon-to-be stepmom is snowed in with her fiancé's two children at a remote holiday village just as relations begin to thaw between the trio, some strange and frightening events take place. So it's such a dark movie, obviously. 
anything i feel like the new wave of horror has really been centering and focusing on that like religious ideology and that's what makes it even darker and creepier is that a so the because wasn't that like also like the exorcist and stuff yeah like i feel like it went away for a while and it's coming back again yeah i mean um, for, i feel like a lot of the 90s focused on like um again with the popularity of like the slasher film like um punishing teenage sexuality and stuff like that yeah like there's always going to be those undertones but these are like very explicit mm -hmm. and like very pointed so riley keogh's character was a cult member and basically it's almost like a jonestown scenario where they all killed themselves and she was like the sole survivor mm. so she starts dating this man and he has two kids and he decides that they all should go away on this like like trip in like some cabin and then it's for christmas it's during the christmas holiday mm. break so there's the and connection. yes he gets called back to work though so then he leaves her with his two kids mm. um and all, all this crazy stuff starts happening is she it the is... catalyst for the weird stuff like is she the protagonist or the antagonist <sighs> she's a little bit of both Ooh, i feel like that's always that's also the the thing in malignant yeah so it's yeah she's a little bit of both because she has these dark secrets and she has this side to her and but she's also like she does have a, a sense of innocence and like she is trying to like get along with these kids and they're just like basically messing with her mm. um so spoiler Delicious. alert for this for those who haven't seen the film they play a prank on her and they try to like make it seem like they're all dead and they're mm. ghosts like trapped in this house and then things go too far. And like, I wanna say she almost like snaps back into like this cult mentality and is like driven insane. Mm. So she's kind of like a, again, she is like a protagonist, but an antagonist. And I'm, I'm gonna keep it as that, especially cause I want you to watch the movie eventually. It's very great. I don't know. I think it's perfect for a creepy Christmas time film, decorating the tree, making some nice hot cocoa. Especially and, with the kids. Yeah, with the kids and popping this bad boy in. It's a good one. I see so, yes, Dave in the, the background of your thing and it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> God, with the low okay. lighting. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you're like you're like craig there's someone behind you what was that what james james <laughs> that was good <laughs> um hell yeah i love a creepy christmas movie mm -hmm. okay now that because we're kind of talking about creepy christmas let's settle this now is Nightmare Before Christmas a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? Ooh, I knew this would come up today, obviously. It's bound to come up. Because I have like, I... the fence sitter opinion, which is it's both. But you're probably not going to whip it out at Christmas because there's so many goddamn Christmas movies. I would whip it out at Christmas. <laughs> if I'm going to whip... I'm going gonna, gonna to take it out of context. <laughs> I whip it out at Christmas. 
<laughs> that could also be titled up. <laughs> oh, I can't. Any whoms. If I'm gonna pull the lodge out at Christmas, you sure as you sure as hell best believe I'm bringing out Nightmare before Christmas and Christmas. It's probably more Christmassy than the lodge. Oh, for sure. But it's like there's like there's overt Christmas. It's overtly Christmassy. Yeah, the lodge. It's just like insinuated. It's. I'm trying of, to think if there's actually any decoration within the film that shows it's Christmas because there's a lot of snow. They're trapped in the lodge. Mm. But Although, I'm trying I, to think if there's like a tree or something. I'm gonna argue maybe. that thematically, the night a Nightmare Before Christmas and High School Musical are like the same movie. Oh, for sure. Stick to the stuff you know. Stick to the status quo. And, you know, Mr. Jack Skellington. Skeleton, he's, Skellington. He's Troy Bolton. Yeah, he wants the best of both worlds, but he can't have it. He has yeah. to pick one. Except that he does at the end. Which and he kind of does in Nightmare Before Christmas, too. Man. That's That's crazy. <laughs> an interesting char- character analysis right there yeah anyway i'll say Anyways. my next two now <laughs> now that we've got on that beautiful tangent um i have that palm springs is a groundhog day movie and that is upon the basis that groundhog day is a groundhog day movie and this has a similar premise where they're yes. stuck in the time loop and so if you consider that all time loop movies are Groundhog Day movies and Palm Springs is a Groundhog Day movie. It's a bit of a circular Fair. argument might be employing some logical fallacies and umbrella terms, but I'm here for it. I think it's good. And I think, I think it's a fun movie because it's also, it's warm in that movie. Like it's, it's spring slash summertime. So Mm -hmm. on Groundhog Day, like one of the coldest goddamn days of the year, it'd be nice to snuggle up and enjoy the heat and also Mm -hmm. enjoy Andy Samberg. Um, Okay, my next one is, and I think this is the only Christmas one that I I did, um, and that's Edward Scissorhands is a Christmas movie. Because it... It ends at Christmas, right? Yeah, I yeah. believe so. I I get Christmasy vibes from it, like the whole way that he and uh, Winona Ryder's characters like connect is when he's doing like that ice sculpture thing for her, yeah, which is very Christmassy. Ugh. I just re- I just think of the snow whenever I think of Edward Scissorhands. So mm. Christmas movie. It's a great movie. I have I have to rewatch it honestly because I think people think it's a a Halloween movie, and it's not. Just because they cry during Halloween. Does it? They do. Yeah. Whatever. Just because there's a creepy guy in something doesn't make it a Halloween movie. Dear Evan Hansen is not a Halloween movie, and he's plenty creepy. (laughs) Very true. Um. Yeah. So those were my. My next two. Ready for yours? All right. So my second one. Penelope. 
Mm. It's a Christmas movie. <gasps> oh, I'm down with that. <laughs> and in my notes, I literally wrote no explanation needed. No, and you don't need to. But I will. I okay. will. For those who have, okay, we need to maybe do a whole episode on Penelope just to we get do. people to watch it. Or like, maybe we'll do like an underrated rom-com app because I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm obsessed with that movie. It'll be as on you it. know, we've talked we've talked about it several times on this podcast. As we um, should. I saw that movie when it came out in theaters. I was 10 years old and I fell in love with it. Like 10-year-old Craig was a smart kid because he had taste for film. Penelope. We rented it from Blockbuster. Um, you know why it's Christmas? Why? It's Christmas because you got wishes coming true. Mm-hmm. You have our queen, Catherine O'Hara. Who is just Christmas. <laughs> She's a Christmas she, vehicle. <laughs> she is. She emanates holly jolliness, even in her not-so-holly-jolly roles. She doesn't play, I feel like, that many holly jolly. Like, a lot of her roles are her playing, like, a bitch. Which, yeah. I mean, I'm all about. But she's kind of... Gonna, I was about to say, if we're going to typecast her, let's do it, because... She's, like, a she good... Can... She's not a good mother in this, but, like, she's not a bad person. I'll say you that. Just, you're able to justify her actions. Even if you don't agree with them. Yes. Um. Yeah. Also, I, I think about her breaking the spell, and she's in that beautiful white gown. Ugh. And even before she dies, like, there's just, like, a lot of um, motifs and imagery of, like, white and purity and, like, mm -hmm. snow or, like, fake snow and, like, it's Christmas. It's magical. It's phenomenal. Not to do another tangent, but because James McAvoy is in that movie, and I was thinking about snow and James McAvoy, this isn't on my list, but, like, Narnia, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Kind Christmas of Christmassy. Movie. Oh, for sure. Could be a Thanksgiving movie. I'm like, pretty it's just... I read the first book in elementary school. Like, we read it, I think, in my, like, third grade class. And I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure we read it at Christmas time. I think I read it in, like, the fifth grade. Maybe it was the third grade. I don't know. But loved it. It reminds me of Christmas. Same way that, like, the Harry Potter movies do, though. Where, like, mm -hmm. Christmas at Hogwarts was always just, like, oh, a this, thing, is, yeah. this is what I want to achieve. Anyway. Um... My next two, um, I have The Fugitive, starring Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones, um, as a St. Patrick's Day movie. It, it takes place, I think, over two or three days. Um, and one of those days, it is St. Patrick's Day in Chicago. And there's this backdrop of like a huge St. Patrick's Day parade. Um, in like it has like the opposite energy of the parade scene in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, because <laughs> mm. um, he's like trying not to get caught by the police, but it's like tense. Where like Ferris is trying not to get caught on his day off in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, thus him having the day off. Um, but it's like the titular role. It's like a dance scene, and it's fun, 
this is the opposite energy of that. But yeah, so my argument is that because there's St. Patrick's Day as like the backdrop to a few of the major scenes, it's a St. Patrick's Day movie. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, before I was rudely interrupted, Holes, starring Shia LaBeouf, <laughs> is a Labor Day movie. Because <laughs> the, the, the teenagers... Okay. Before you even go on, are being like, exploited for their labor. You're like before. Before I was really interrupted. Holes. Which ones? All of them. <laughs> holes. It is a Labor okay. Day film. If Holes came out today, it would the the it wouldn't get that far because I think people would just laugh at the name of it. Yeah. Like they'd have to rename it. Um, like the gays would be filling up the aisles. <laughs> be filling up something. Mm. <laughs> this podcast is rated M for malarkey. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Honestly, truly. But I don't need to read you the Communist Manifesto for you to understand that connection. I was either gonna say holes or a book. Grimes so can say, read it for me. Shut up. I. She's so performative. And she was literally saying that that was a performance. Like, she knew that the photographers were going to be there. Oh, um, yeah. And she was at her friend's house and she just, like, grabbed it. I'm like, I'm glad that your friend just has the communist manifesto. Iconic. Whatever. Her outfit was kind of fire, though. Like, I won't lie. It it was. Um. Anyway. Or A Bug's Life. Because A Bug's Life is also kind of thematically similar to Holes, I would say. Oh, very much so. I'm just making those connections, babe. I actually thought of a film that I'm going to quickly mull over because we were talking about rom-coms before. It's not on my list. Mm -hmm. But I was thinking about this morning and it left my brain and now I'm re-entering. 13 Going on 30 is a New Year's movie. Contrary to popular... Contrary to popular belief of it being a birthday film, it is a New Year's movie. You want to know I why? Love birthday movies. <laughs> birthday movie. It's a birthday because movie. here's the thing. It's very cyclical. The film where you see her go through her life in her thirties, and it's like it, the up and downs of her realizing her life isn't what she wanted it to be, mm-hmm. and it's very much a rebirth of Jenna Rinks and her finding herself and like New Year's that is that idea of resolutions and like a new year means a new you or like a new chance or something and like that's like I feel like the um the overall overarching theme of the film and I'm pretty sure there is like a winter scene remember when she's like dancing with Maddie uh, like on a rooftop and I feel like there might be like a, a nod to like a New Year's I'd have to rewatch it. Scene. I'd have to rewatch it too. I, it's like not sticking with me, but like the two scenes that are in my head is her dancing on the roof with him with like the snow falling mm-hmm. and then them having uh, razzles in the park. Yeah, I remember that. Was that winter though? I don't remember. It was winter. How is that? In the city, Anyways. girl. <laughs> in this economy, um, in this weather. Right, right, right. What was your actual next one? So my actual number three is The Witch from 2015 mm-hmm. is a Thanksgiving film. 
Okay. I'm down with that, but explain for, for those who don't know what the witch is so or what Thanksgiving for, is. <laughs> so for those who don't know what Thanksgiving is, it is once again, capitalist America, um, you know, really digging into imperialism to profit off of. And the fact that people came to a land that was already had inhabitants and, you know, brutally eradicated them, but they want to celebrate their finding of it. And they're, they're thankful for setting up these colonies and whatnot through the killing and murder spree of turkeys. I was just going to say it's a holiday where you sit with your relatives and you eat turkey and then um, you get mad at at least one of your relatives. That's and one interpretation. When you get older and you're a female, you get mad because all the men sit and don't do anything while all the women clean up. And then they tell you how to um, use your body. Yes. Well, they don't do that, but uh, they do just sit at the table and do nothing. Let me talk about politics and all that whatnot. Let's talk about and then the for, witch. <laughs> yeah, the witch. Um, twenty fifteen film um, with our queen Anya Taylor Joy, mm-hmm. my my superstar, uh, the my muse, the love of my life, uh, and it takes place in fifteen hundreds or sixteen hundreds New England. I'm not a history bitch. I should know this. And her family is basically exiled or excommunicated from their church because of their stubborn father. So they are forced to leave and kind of find their own land and start anew. And all these things start happening. And they are profusely afraid of witchcraft as you know, the Puritans were because they were fanatics for Jesus and God. If you will, they, they, they feared everything. Um, my first note is, would thou like to live deliciously? Mm. As and that is me famous- on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I would like famous- to live deliciously. <laughs> um, Black Philip was so ahead of his time. He was so camp, like so Yas and Slay. He was he- giving Satan. <laughs> he was giving Satanism. He was giving that. Th- he was giving thanks. He wanted. He wanted Anya's character to enjoy life to the fullest extent. So she mm-hmm. is giving thanks. There's an exchange of thanks and Thanksgiving. It's it's giving. <laughs> it's giving. It's giving I, thanks. The um, words that I also, say, I swear to God, <laughs> I need a damn shrink. Um, continue. No, I was just going to go on about how, like, this film also, like, I was, it focuses on the rejection of church, but not of religion, um, which is, like, such a fascinating concept where one believes that the institution is corrupt or not following the way it should be, and it's also, it's that idea of pride that gets into the way and thinking that one can serve or understand a holy book better than the next. Um, and then also just the the notion of pure puritanical insanity that these people that, that this family is driven to because of the idea of power through 
the female body. Um, it's a great film. And honestly, if you haven't seen it, it's an American not gothic, to, you know? It really is. I'm trying not to give too many spoilers. However, I will say, as I will always say with this film, those two bratty little kids <laughs> don't know their names, don't give a fuck to know their names. <laughs> They are the true villains of the movie, and I the, will end it at that. The younger brother, though, like, the for how young the actor was, I remember being, like, blown away by how good of an actor he was. Oh, he's fantastic. The middle leg brother, like, yeah. It was disturbing. He's great. Um, yeah. I do think it is the weaker of, like, Robert Eggers' more recent films. Like, I think The Lighthouse is more coherent. Sick. Uh, Mm-hmm. And I think it, it um, I don't know, I think the pacing was just better and like he nails his themes better in that one. But I did still really like The Witch. I like his vibes, you know? I'm very excited <sighs> for Nosferatu. Nosferatu, I'm so excited. I, and then he's. I floated the idea that uh, what's it, Robert Pattinson should play the titular Nosferatu. And now they're saying that he might and like Anya might play Mina and I'm just I'm still manifesting that because I don't know if Rob will ever want to play a vampire again um but if he does it better be that vampire that's what I'm saying yeah that's what I'm saying um and then he's going to be doing the Northman which is the the Viking thriller film in 2022 which I'm excited about I just like when I get to see him like kind of feral yeah. Mm. Um, okay. My next two, I have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is a Father's Day movie. Um, for those who have seen the movie, they, they know exactly what I'm talking about. For those of you who maybe haven't, um, there's uh, it largely centers around the themes of fatherhood and different types of masculinity and parenting. Um, Basically, Peter, played by Crispy Rat, uh, meets his actual, like, his birth father, who's this celestial, like, he's eternal, and he tries to connect with him, but his father has um, not-so-good intentions. His father is played, of course, by Kurt Russell, who's great, Um, and it's also about, uh, you know, kind of his surrogate father Yondu um owning up to his own shortcomings and trying to make amends for the way that he's treated people in his life and then you have Rocket who's like co-parenting baby group with Drax and Gamora and Peter and everybody else um and then you've also got Thanos somewhere in the background um, so a lot of themes about fatherhood and what it means to be a daddy. Uh, and it's, uh, the ending is especially heartbreaking for those who have ever lost a father, um, or a parental figure. I just say it's a Father's Day movie, period. Um, my next one, <laughs> this one isn't a holiday, but it's like a whole month. You just put it on every day. <laughs> I said that Jennifer's body is a Pride Month film. 
I mean, I, 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 when you said it was a whole month, I'm like, is she going to equate something to like Black History Month or <laughs> Spanish Heritage Month? I can only do ones where I'm under that umbrella, so it can only be like women. Yeah, that's why I was like a little, I was like, I was like holding myself back a little. I was like, where's she going with this? Are we about to get canceled? No. I would never. Um, but yeah, Jennifer's Body's Pride Month film. No explanation needed. We've talked about Jennifer's Body several times. Yeah. Now, you can just oh, honestly, we don't even have to say Pride Month. We can just call it Gay Holiday. Happy it's a gay Pride holiday month. film. It's Pride Month here at the Butter Barn. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jennifer works at the Butter Barn, babe. Um, she does. Yeah, so that's that's those ones. Very good. Very good. Um, My fourth one, the penultimate. This is, I'm surprised this hasn't come up in the the discussion, in the discourse. This is a very vital one. I am going to lay it down once and for all, for all those at home who are confused, no longer need to be. Gremlins is a Christmas film. Okay, well, yeah. Duh. That I already knew because, like, I remember that was the first time I ever heard the song "Do You Hear What I Hear." Yes. When, however, in, like, the grandmother's home or whatever. It's it's highly marketed as a Christmas film because of you know it takes place during the Christmas time. Gizmo is a Christmas gift basically, mm-hmm. but it's not Christmas canon. Like it's never played around Christmas. No, because I think it has that kind of kid horror vibe yeah and it's never played around halloween either though i know it's just kind of it really is like a cult favorite at this point yeah like either you get it or you don't (laughs) basically i've been i've been following this i've been following this film i've been a fan um ever since i was really young i was really scared but i was really into it i was really intrigued by it and you know it's been like an obsessive thing of mine since forever um, you know, <laughs> there's this scene where the Grimmins are literally Christmas caroling and causing mm-hmm. mayhem around the city or the, the suburb. It's a town, not a city. Yeah. Um, on one of the biggest Americanized holidays, I have to say, Gremlins are anti-capitalists. <laughs> In a way. And they also, like, terrorize the suburbs, which I think is interesting. Yeah. It's like regular people. There's definitely a lot of, there could be like a lot of scholarly writing on these movies if you were to seek it out. And I know you might. I'm I'm going to. (laughs) Trust me. I'm so, I'm so sad I can't do my grad thesis on film because you mm. best believe I would do a Gremlins thesis. Um, um, you could probably do one and then like and submit it to like a, a film magazine though. Like, yeah, days, I think takes submissions. Uh, what what was I, say? I have not revisited these movies since I was a kid because they scared me that much. Yeah, they're horrifying. Because um, I thought, you know, you see the cover and you're like, oh, it's like a cute little a little guy. Um, and like they're just Wrong. gonna be cute little guys and like oh one of them goes e-. no it's a bunch of them and they're terrifying and they're murderous um yeah and that scared me a lot because i was very young when i watched it 
Um, so I haven't revisited since. Um, and yeah, one of the scenes that like lives forever in my head, rent free, and again, Christmas movie 101, is when Billy's mom is like, I think decorating the tree or she's like by the tree and there's a gremlin inside the tree and the tree basically like attacks her because it's inside of it. And that horrified me as a kid. So that stuck with me forever. So there's that. And then of course, my last point with this film, what drives the Christmas movie theme home is Phoebe Kate's iconic monologue. Oh, the, where she, about her father or whatever? Yes, where she talks about why, why she hates, yes, why, why she hates Christmas so much. Hmm. Because her father burnt to a crisp. Oh, that's great. Um, so these are my last two. I'm actually going to do them in reverse order just for impact's sake. Um, mm. And I just rewatched this one, so it felt relevant. Um, first Reformed, which is kind of a remake of Diary of a Country Priest, um, is an Earth Day movie. And the reason for that is, and anyone who's seen it knows exactly what I'm talking about, but at the beginning, uh, Toller, the priest, is trying to help out a man who just came back from uh, prison, who is very depressed, his wife's having a baby. His wife, of course, is played by Amanda Seyfried. Um, and he's super depressed and like nihilistic because um, he's been doing like a, a lot of research about uh, like, and they're all, they're like uh, environmental activists about like how the world is gonna end because we're, killing the planet and all that stuff um so anytime i see anything in the news about how like we're that much closer to like complete climate collapse i think of this movie um and it's kind of like it's as much about like god and like hope versus despair as it is about like don't kill the planet it really no it's really more about hope versus despair um but it is also about how we should stop killing the planet um and it's a really good movie and you should watch it if you haven't both i haven't i'm got now i'm going to it's so good it's got ethan hawk in it it's got amanda seyfried in it what more could you need i really and it's just a really excellent movie um my last one Shout out to Anne Hathaway for this idea. But Gone Girl is a Valentine's Day movie. <laughs> I was good. I was going to add that to my list and say the same thing. <laughs> I mean, She's what so that. says romance more like being in a loveless marriage with Ben Affleck, faking like your, your death slash murder, and just, you know, doing monologues and killing and killing Neil Patrick Harris. Like that is romance to me. I love yeah. it. There's nothing more romantic than seeing a woman get away with living her best life. There's nothing more sexy and romantic than seeing Ben Affleck's blurry little penis for like half a second, rewinding with your friends and going, was that his penis? And then like, you're like, yeah, it was, it's okay. And then watching the rest of the movie. 
She, ah. Rosamund Pike, she's a star. I, she has the range, okay? I feel like she only gets cast as psychos now, but, like, we're losing sight that she played literally the nicest Bennett sister in Pride and Prejudice in 2005. I was about to say Pride and Prejudice. She she killed. She She ate. And she did it flawlessly. She has the range. She has the range. She does. Um... Going on to my last one, before I do, your Earth Day one inspired me. It just, like, clicked in my brain. Uh-huh. Um, Across the Universe is an Earth Day movie. Yeah. I haven't watched it in a while, but yeah. It's literally Beatles, hippies, saving the planet from the revolution of humans and treating the Earth and people well. I'm sure there's a lot that you could say are Earth Day movies, because I feel like there's a lot... The Lorax like, is an Earth Day movie too. It not is, just, but just I not wanted to Arbor connect Day. it more to Arbor Day because yeah, I thought it was I funny. Um, so my my last one, the 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 grand finale. I wrote a lot of notes on this one. This I'm excited. Is, <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh right now. Jaws: The Revenge is a Christmas film. <laughs> now let me explain. I which one is this? Is this? The second this is the last one? film. No, this is the la- the, the last one in the franchise. Fourth or the fifth, then? The fourth. There's only four. Okay, I didn't know how many there were. Um, yep. So, Jaws the Revenge is a Christmas film. The f- literally, the beginning of the film is during Christmas. Um, and Sean, who's a little boy in the first movie, he's a grown man in the- this movie. He dies just a few days before Christmas. Um, and his death is being drowned out by the sound of singing carolers. Oh, it's such a it's such a sad death scene. I remember seeing it for the first time when oh, I was young, I was and I was laughing. like, <laughs> "Oh, yeah." But as a kid, I was so depressed because I'm like, "This is like such a sad death. Like literally, like he can't even like he's literally being drowned out by singing carolers, and the the, the shot goes like back and forth. So he literally, I think, is like off of work." And his boss is like, hey, I need you to check something out before, like, you go home or something. So he goes to, like, the water because there's, like, some something in the bog or whatever. And then he goes to check it out, and it's the shark. And mm. it, you know, attacks him and drowns his boat and eats him, too. Um, what's so great about this film, it's one of the worst films ever made. Well, I think by the, the way you describe that scene alone. Yeah, it sounds absolutely dog shit. It, it received a three, it received a 3% on Rotten Tomatoes. Single digits? Single digits, 3%. Oh, it, um, It's packed with tons of plot holes and filming errors. I mean, I can imagine. I mean, the fact that it's the one that followed Jaws 3D didn't give me much hope. <laughs> <laughs> so um, one of the biggest like fallacies in the film and like researchers in terms of obviously like marine bio and then also just like film people have both like done research and like we're like, okay, this is the biggest fallacy. So it's the idea that this shark is getting revenge on the family, hence the revenge, and follows Ellen Brody all the way from New England to the Bahamas. That's, I mean, sharks do go that far, but not 
for revenge? Well, no. So the thing is with great whites, they don't because of the temperature of the waters. Okay. So it'd be very unlikely or very rare to see a great white within that realm. Um, so I wrote down, you know, the shark just wants a Christmas holiday as well. That's why he travels down to, or she, no, I think it's a he in this one. Okay. Because a common mistake is that every, they, people think it's the same shark with each film, but it's not because if you watch, the shark dies at the end of every film. It's not the same shark. Mm. The one in the first film was a she. I've done my research, she. The one in the third. Interesting and like on like a Freudian kind of Jungian psychosexual way. Oh yeah, the third one's a (laughs) she because her baby follows her into Sea World. Okay. Um. So I was just saying, yeah, you know, if Miss Ellen Brody wants to go visit her son in Bahamas, have a holiday vacation, why can't the shark? The shark needs a Christmas vacation too from I, literally terrorizing Amity. See, maybe if they made it a needs movie a about that, maybe it would have been better. But you focus on these goddamn people and I don't care. Okay, so this is what's really great. So do you know what the Ra- the Razzie Awards are? Yes, of course I do. I hope to win of one course. one day. <laughs> <laughs> so in 1988, this film was nominated for a ton of awards. It won Worst Visual Effects. It was nominated for Worst Actor and that that nomination was given to the shark. (laughs) (laughs) You can't make this up. That's rude though, because like I'm sure some of the human actors were worse than the shark. Yeah, so worst actor was given to Bruce the shark, which was you the nickname Bruce. Yeah, so fun fact for 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 Kay and the folks at home that don't know this, the animatronic shark that they use for the making of the film, especially the first one, it just kind of carried over from the first film as mm. to pay homage in terms of tradition. They nicknamed the shark Bruce. That was the name of Spielberg's lawyer. Oh, who sued them? <laughs> uh, or because, like, lawyers yeah. are sharks. Yes. And also because it was just, like, a, a running joke. And because of, obviously, Spielberg's reputation on the set of Jaws and him almost being fired from the film and mm. all that greatness. I'm so, the Jaws expert here. So Yeah. So he was, were, he was nominated for Worst Actor. Worst Actress was nominated to Gary, who plays Ellen Brody, the wife of Sheriff Brody, the protagonist in the first film. She received a nomination for Worst Actress and then Worst Supporting Actor to Kane, which I believe is like her love interest in the film. I haven't seen this one in so long because it's so bad. Uh, And then (laughs) Worst Director to um, Joseph Sargent, who directed the film. Yeah, I mean, this wasn't a, a Stevie, Stevie joint. Um, yeah, so it it is at the end of the day, it's a Christmas film. It it should be celebrated as such. I'm gonna have to give it a watch again soon. I have it on DVD, like I have the Jaws collection on DVD, so I have all the movies. So I have to watch it just to remind myself how ridiculous it was. I was doing some as I was doing some research on this film, 
I do remember very distinctly the shark makes some like weird noise like at the end when it's trying to attack them. It's almost like it sounds like a dinosaur. So that goes I kid you not. They were so just like is, going into like the database of all of the movie noises and they're like, yeah, sure, this will work. Yeah, like, oh, literally. Shit, we took so a bunch of Jurassic Park. That, they were going through all Spielberg's. Yeah. yeah. So that's why part of the reason it won, like worth like part of the visual effects and like sound effects. It was just so messy the film and just there there's um parts where a character was supposed to be wet and then they were like dry. <laughs> um what like everything just went wrong. The the stuff. Oh, so I think it's funny that like we go from like in a single box set we go from the original Jaws which like pioneered so much within the film industry regarding like blockbusters releases and like even just shots like that slow zoom in shot yeah um that we go from that to like just in the fourth one a movie so bad it's nominated for three Razzies like yeah or even four like so that's crazy. the or, the original ending of the film for like the theatrical release was changed once they put it on like cassette and dvd mm-hmm. so they changed the ending it the shark dies in both endings but the way in which it happens is different and it's obviously like clear as day that they like made this change and it was like a rough cut edit and that's why they, there's the weird sound effects and like all these other things mm-hmm. so it's just it is just terrible on their part, but you know, as Taylor they, Swift once said, "Tis the damn season." <laughs> Did you know if they filmed it on digital or film? Um, it, the movie came out in 1987, so it could have been done, I think, on digital then. Yeah, I want to. I don't know. I have to look more into it. I want to say. I want to believe it was digital, but I. I do not mm. quote me on that because then it's just never gonna look better. Yeah. See, like, when a movie was bad visually in the, like, the 60s or 70s that they shot on film, at least years later, they can kind of fix it and make it look better. But, like, digital, you're screwed. And it's so sad, too, because this movie, not that it really had a chance, per se, but, like, they, they did have the filming locations. Like, they did go to the Bahamas to film this. They could have done things. Yeah, they spent all their budget on that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like the truly. CGI shark or whatever. Or was it an animatronic in the in this one or was it CGI? Um they probably did a mixture of both. They definitely did have a CGI. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sorry, sorry. They definitely did have an animatronic. Obviously what I meant. Um again, I have to look more into it. I don't know much about the fourth film. I mean, if it's traveling because it's so it's so far removed from Spielberg. That'd be expensive to like ship that thing around. Yeah. Oof. Man, it's I, again, it's a miracle that any movie gets made so that when you when you see a movie that's that bad, it's like doubly a miracle. It's like yeah. some very rich people just wanted to make a quick buck instead of sinking their money into someone who maybe actually had a good idea. And this is what we get. Thanks a lot, capitalism. Full circle moment. Literally. We did it. Um, we did it. So, I mean, that's our, our episode, really. We just wanted to have a little fun and make these connections and maybe introduce some new 
some holiday films for you guys that you weren't thinking of. Did we name any Halloween films? No, I, I think it's too I, easy. Yeah, I purposely I feel like avoided that. Cause like I think I was gonna go with like ET is a Halloween movie, but like, eh, it, that's cheap. Yeah, and I feel like we because needed- there are so many like all horror films are technically Halloween movies because like Halloween is like spooky time. So I think it's like, we don't have any shortage of those where like Christmas is so specific and like all these other holidays are so specific where like any movie that makes you feel joy doesn't necessarily connotate with Christmas, but like movies that make you scared connotate with Halloween. That's interesting. We should study that. We really should. Who was having that conversation? We are. Um, I like, I don't know if you saw me, but I was kind of like zoned out in like half of your Jaws thing because I was looking for something because I thought in the Lost Culturistas award thing that they did something about Jaws, but it was actually best video game moments and it's when Kirby eats the girls, but I thought it was like best movie moment when Jaws eats the girls. Oh, Which I would I mean, argue is tomato tomato. I would say <laughs> when Jaws eats the girls, that's like a top five film moment of all time. It it is moment. It's like Luke Skywalker wearing the Chanel boots, Jaws eating the girls. Um, when Tom Cruise yells, others, you know, those are the moments <laughs> that make you go cinema yep (laughs) anyway (laughs) anyways i hope you guys enjoy the episode um if not too bad facts you could have listened to something else um uh we're gonna try and stick to this every other week schedule because it's a lot easier on us we'll see where it goes even if it's if it's a once a month thing it's a once a month thing we'll see only time can tell when you force yourself to do something, you're not your heart's not in it. So if we're not Seriously. feeling it that week, we're not feeling it. We're not gonna give you subpar content because we feel yeah. like we have to get it out. No, no, no. No, no, no. Um, but I am going to have some special guests on at some point this year, as in like the end of uh 2021. Ew, that's so gross. This year's almost over. Yeah. No. <gasps> Um, so look forward to that. Some of those episodes might be long. <sighs> they might be two parters. Uh, we'll see what happens. We shall see. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think. Let us know what you want to see. Um, I hope they add these to their holiday movie lists. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll make a uh, a letterbox list. Yes. I don't know if you can add comments. I'm pretty sure you can add comments. I don't know. You might have to have pro for that. And I'm not paying that shit. But we'll see. Um, All right. That's the end of the episode. We made it. I've been Kay. I've been Craig. And go watch. Go watch. A a goddamn. Goddamn. Holiday. Oh. Oh. Holiday movie. Holiday movie. Hell yeah. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone.